Welcome to My Creative Classroom, an EdTech podcast that focuses on highlighting educational tools that can help teachers transform learning in or out of their classrooms. I interview industry experts to discuss the details of their products in order to help you make an informed decision on whether or not this product is right for you. As an educator with over a decade of experience both in and out of the classroom, I know that time and money are both precious. So I hope my conversations will help you in your creative journey through education. My name is Brian Willette and welcome to My Creative Classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to My Creative Classroom. Today's episode features iRead, a platform that hosts a variety of educational games such as Squiggle Park and Dreamscape. I'm excited to be diving into both Squiggle Park and Dreamscape with the founder, Julia Rivard. Julia, thank you for joining me today on the episode. Great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So Julia, let's tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what your involvement is with iRead. Yeah, I'm the CEO of the company. I'm co-founder, and uh, we've been working at this since about 2014. Wow, so it's it's been in existence for six years, a little over six years, I guess. Um, and so, what is your background? What is have you always been kind of like a developer? <laughs> no, I, I wasn't a developer. I wasn't an educator. My background was as an athlete first. I was an Olympic athlete in 2000 um, at the Sydney Olympics in the sport of canoe kayak. And um, when I retired from sport, I tried to find a job and I couldn't find a job. <laughs> and so um, I, I found it, everyone was looking for real world experience. So I went back to school and I, I became a graphic designer, which got me into graphic design, which eventually got me into technology. And over the years, I founded four successful technology companies and, and grown those. So it was actually technology that got me into the education sector uh, originally. Um, I guess I should also mention I'm I'm a mom. I have four wonderful kids and uh, they were also an inspiration for, for this uh, this company. Wow, what a background, you know, an Olympian into a graphic design, into tech companies, you know, and, and here we are sitting on the podcast talking about iRead and diving into Squiggle Park and Dreamscape. So let's talk about those two platforms. You know, how did you come up with the idea or where did Squiggle Park uh, and Dreamscape come from? So early in the early days, we've always really valued collaborations with top researchers. And our early collaborations were with um, Dalhousie University, and we were working with a, a researcher at Florida State University um, to see if we could understand if there were eye patterns that were predictive of reading challenges. Our goal was to help kids who fall through the cracks before grade three during that learn to read phase to see if we could build in interventions for them earlier um, because so many kids don't get assessed until they get to grade three. And at that point, it's so late to be helping them with reading. And so we found um, that there was some really interesting um, research available in terms of eye tracking. And, and we did a lot of studies in the labs. Unfortunately, it was a product that we just couldn't bring to market. It was the technology was too new. There was too many problems with eye tracking and calibration outside the labs. And so we shelved that research. But during the time that we were working on these studies, we had been building really, really fun interfaces for games to use as we were doing the research because we were finding that research assistants were building kind of boring, <laughs> boring interfaces for kids. And when they were doing the studies, kids would get bored. And I was thinking the data can't even be legit because you're, you're losing their interest. 
So that was a bit of the aha moment. We started to think, well, what if we just tried to make this reading, uh, the reading skills that kids are learning, just super fun? Like, what if we made it so engaging that kids wanted to come back to these games as much as they do video games? Um, that they were playing. And I was seeing that with my kids. I, I just, I think every parent has had that moment where we're like, why is my kid so absolutely kind of addicted to these games? And and I wanted to recreate that with education. So that was kind of the inspiration for it all in the early days. And that sounds like such a great research. So you're, you're saying that these two platforms use eye tracking software. Is that correct? They, so at the beginning, they did. And unfortunately, trying to get the calibration for the eye tracking outside of the lab just wasn't going to be possible. We still have this research, and I hope one day we can actually bring it into the games. But it won't be until we have um, technology that actually the hardware meets uh, meets the application, which is that's, – that's a space I love to play where – where hardware and research comes together at an inflection point where you can see true innovation happen, you know, when the camera met the phone or, you know, there's so many points in history where, where we've had different uh, innovations come out of new technologies. And, and I feel like education's really in that space right now. Um, yeah, so, so that research led to us building really great video games that kids played to be able to practice their reading skills. And we started first with Squiggle Park back in 2016, and then Dreamscape was launched in 2019. And uh, yeah, and it's been fun. Okay, so let's dive into Squiggle Park and Dreamscape because I'm sure our listeners are saying, okay, you guys have been talking about these two things and I'm not quite sure what they are. And we've talked about, you know, it's supporting literacy and reading. Um, so let's dive into Squiggle Park first. What is Squiggle Park and what can it do for, for teachers or the user of that video game? Yeah. Okay. So Squiggle Park is a game uh, that kids can play completely independently. And it's for kids who are in preschool. So it can be as early as four years old, five years old, all the way up to grade three, so the end of grade two. And the goal of the game is to get kids to have mastered and mastered with automaticity all of their early reading skills. So this is phonemes, phonemic awareness, word work, spelling, simple sentence structure. So all of those really core skills that they need without any gaps to go on to be successful readers with fluency and comprehension. And so We've built a, a very, very unique approach to scaffolding the delivery of this content. And so when kids practice the games, they don't really know that they're they're building these skills because they're just they're playing. Um, but as they play, they're building these skills with mastery. And the games are really unique in that they move kids ahead a little bit more quickly if they're mastering the skills. And if they're not, if they're struggling, it keeps them practicing. So it, it actually keeps kids at their level of skill, which is, you know, as, as most educators know, in this zone of proximal development. So they never get bored or frustrated. Um, so, so that's kind of the magic of the game. Um, and we've done studies, quite significant studies, that show that if kids play about 30 minutes per week, they're able to master all of their reading skills um, predictably by the end of grade two. So we're really helping kids make sure that they, they get that uh, learn to read out of the way and they can move on. Wow, what an amazing you know platform, and what a way for them to engage in that ability to learn to read and 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 master those skills. And as you mentioned, having them always in their zone of proximal development, which is huge uh, for those students. So uh, my question is: Is that something that's available as a like a single license? Is if a 
a group of parents or uh, somebody at home says, oh, I want my child to have that. Is that something that they can purchase on their own? Or is it kind of like bulk purchasing for schools only? No, no, it's both. It's both. Accessibility is a really important, I've always really believed in accessible education. And and that's a big, big focus of our company. But you can get licenses for uh, home environments. So parents can buy licenses. Classrooms can buy licenses. So we have a lot of teachers who buy licenses for their classrooms. And then there's schools and districts as well. Um, yeah, so it's pretty, it's pretty accessible at all different levels. And what kind of devices is this available on? Is it like a web-based tool or is it that I have to download an app called Squiggle Park? How, how can I access this and, and what is it available on? Yeah, it's it's available on the web, but also on any Apple device or any uh, Android device. So it's cl- cross-platform. The way it works is an educator or a parent, we like to call them learning guardians, set up um, their child on the website. So they'll set up an account with an email and they'll add their kids. And then the program spits them out some picture codes and the kids sign in with very, very simple picture codes. And it's funny because when you're innovating technology, it's amazing the pieces that you have to build that are so critical that you might not even think about. And when we first started building this program, we spent months and months in the classroom to see how teachers would use the program, even with the littles, you know, the the preschoolers. And we realized that before we even thought about building a reading program, we'd have to build in a login system, like something that they could do quickly because Teachers who spend 15, 20 minutes logging kids into programs are just so frustrated. So, yeah, no, so it spits out beautiful little picture codes. Kids learn it very quickly, and then they can play independently, and they should. This is not meant to be played with teachers or parents. It's meant to be played all by themselves, just like a video game. Wow, and I think you hit hit the nail right on the head there where you say the login part is probably some of the most important part because you're very right. You know, sometimes we take 15 to 20 minutes trying to get students logged in or what's, I forgot my username, I forgot my password. So that is amazing that you guys put that research in and that effort into that login process to reduce that burden, both on the student as well as the teacher or as you mentioned, the learning guardian. Um, So when I, let's say I purchase this platform, whether it be as a teacher, a district or a parent, what do I get uh, as the teacher? Do, is there some sort of platform or, or dashboard that I can see progression for students or information on their reading abilities? Yeah, yeah, very simple dashboard. We wanted it to be clean and simple to use, but also really, really helpful. So in the dashboard, this is where you can manage your students. So add new students, you can change their level. Um, although the game helps the kids move through automatically, teachers do have the ability if they want to move kids up to, to different levels or down to different levels. Um, and then in the dashboard, you can see your your classroom or your group's performance. So how they're doing as a group, which specific skills they might be challenged with as a group to help with your instruction. Um, And then when you drill down on each individual student, you can see which levels they've mastered, which ones they're still working on, and which ones they've struggled with, as well as specifically which skills they they are, are struggling with. So let's say they're struggling with the short I sound, for instance. Uh, you'll be able to see that, and that really helps teachers then work with kids outside of the platform. This is this is a supplemental resource. As we all know, you know, we, we use technology to help teachers um, um, help their kids practice. Um, and then and then we also want to give them the information to help kids outside of the technology. And that's what we're doing. We're giving teachers that information about where the kids are struggling so that they can help kids uh, really master those skills. And then they can go back to the game and practice more uh, in a format they love. 
And I think it's amazing what you just said there. It's, you know, being able to practice it there within the game and that's mastering the skills so that outside of the technology, you can apply those skills and that ability mastery so that, you know, you feel as though you've progressed and you're and you're stronger in that ability. So we've been talking about Squiggle Park, Julia. Let's drive it, dive in a little bit into Dreamscape. So tell us what is Dreamscape and, and what does it offer the user? Okay. So... I like to think of Squiggle Park as like the gateway game. You need to be able to master all your foundational reading skills before you can move into Dreamscape because Dreamscape opens up the world of comprehension. This is where you're reading to learn. And comprehension is such a difficult set of skills for educators to measure because there's so many nuances to comprehension. So what this is this is extremely novel this program and how it delivers education but basically it starts at the early early comprehension skills. So you know things like main character and theme and all of those early comprehension skills all the way up to the really advanced comprehension skills synth synthesis and predicting and inference. And this program uses machine learning um, to understand the user. So it developed learner profiles and it's able to move the user through the content very specifically to their level of skill. Um, it's like nothing else in the industry in how it helps a user move through. So it goes all the way from a grade one level of comprehension all the way up to grade eight. And when I say grade eight, there's so many of our kids that aren't, you know, even at the grade eight level by the time they get to grade eight. So I don't like even to think of it as a as a grade. As more, I like to think of it more as kind of the skills that kids are are mastering through. So basically, kids start the program and they play a super, super hyper gamified game that they absolutely love. And as they're playing, they're being delivered these questions and they're answering questions based on passages that help them master their comprehension skills. And so it really truly is um, very different than any other learning tool you'll see in the market today. And so you mentioned Squiggle Park kind of being the gateway. And so would you say that users typically would would purchase Squiggle Park, use it for a while and have students build those skills and then eventually move on to, to Dreamscape? Yeah, absolutely. So kids who graduate out of Squiggle Park graduate into Dreamscape. If you have a Squiggle Park um, uh, membership and and then kids graduate out, you can transfer it over to a Dreamscape membership. So basically it's it's purchasing a membership to the platform itself. Um, what's really nice about Dreamscape is it is a free-to-play game. So if you want your kids to play at no cost, it's absolutely free to play. And when you're paying, you're paying just to unlock um, some extra features as an educator or a learning guardian. And that makes sure that every child has access to this really, really important technology to help them make sure they're successful readers. Um, I, I just want to emphasize the fact that I think a lot of learning guardians think about reading as something you learn when you're young, especially parents, you know, really think think that reading's done when you're young. But what I've seen even with my own kids is what we're missing a lot right now is kids who are able to do some of that deep, deep critical thinking that we need in, in the new jobs of, of today and tomorrow. We need deep, critical and creative thinking. And our kids are consuming, you know, Instagram, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, and it's not giving them that depth of thought. And what what's taught in Dreamscape are those deeper, deeper skills to be able to take information and to synthesize a big piece of information. And then with that synthesis, to be able to, you know, infer things from that. And 
these are really important skills. And, and unfortunately, a lot of our kids are, are kind of gro- going through their education careers without these deep skills. So it's just so critically important. And, um, and we need to make sure we're giving it to kids in a format they absolutely love so that they stay engaged with their own learning. Because we're losing them. You know, we're losing kids with, with traditional uh, mediums that they're just not loving. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned exactly that, like Instagram and TikTok, all of the different platforms that a lot of our students and, and the youth are being exposed to. And, and how do we get them to synthesize the information that is there and, and utilize those platforms in that sense? Um, so you mentioned that, you know, Dreamscape is free for, for individuals who want to use it. And then there's a paid feature to do some unlocking. So let's talk a little bit about pricing uh, for both Squiggle Park and Dreamscape, or is there a price that goes for the entire iRead platform? Yeah, it's it's sixty dollars a year. Um, frankly, you can pay for a monthly license, eight ninety five a month, or you can pay sixty dollars a year, and you're going to be paying for the for the platform. Uh, with, there's bulk pricing for classrooms and schools and districts as well, but that's probably the simplest way to think about it. Um, as you move up to to larger groups, we start at seven dollars per player, and then it goes down as we get to higher numbers, depending on the size of the school or the district. And that's actually a very reasonable price point for I, you're getting two two softwares or two games uh, so far um, using iRead. And so for that yearly price, you know, you're getting the benefit of both of those, but also you're diving into these these games that are able to help your your child, the youth learn how to read and, and synthesize the understanding that's there and build their comprehension through that process as well. Yeah. And I think, I think what's super exciting. So since I come from a background that's based in technology and innovation, we're constantly iterating. And what's exciting is this year we have plans to to release at least two more games on the platform. So kids will have choice. And my goal ultimately is to have a gaming platform with many, many games that kids can choose from, but all delivering learning. I have this vision of being a parent and my kids saying, hey, mom, I want to play this video game and saying, sure, no problem, but you're going to play the education version <laughs> and you can play for as long as you want. <laughs> and so that's that's my that's my dream. And, and we're really close this year. Like I said, we'll be re- releasing a couple more games and ultimately um, it will be a broad gaming platform that kids have. Yeah, that kids have access to many, many games. And Julia, you've actually said the word gaming and video games quite a bit. And oftentimes when I talk to to people, they they try to stay away from those words and say things like educational platform or things like that. So what what do you consider Squiggle Park and, and Dreamscape? Are these video games? Are they educational games? Are they game-based learning, gamified learning? What how would you describe this to someone um, who is saying, you know, do I really want my child to play video games that long? Well, I don't want to I don't want to lose the emphasis on the fact that we are a deep learning platform and we've spent years building building our um, our pedagogical approach and how we're delivering uh, the learning in a way that we know is effective through the studies that we've done. So I just want to first say that it's highly effective and and it's a trusted platform, which is extremely important to us. that's that's the number one thing. But we also know that if kids don't want to play, we're never going to get them to learn. So that's a problem. So 100%, it's a gaming platform. And, you know, Carnegie Mellon did a study in 2016 that showed kids are going to spend 10,000 hours video gaming by the time they graduate high school. So just to give, give you a sense of context, that's the same amount of time they'll spend in every subject if they have perfect attendance. 
So we can't ignore the time spent video gaming. We just have to find a way to replace it with time that's super valuable for our kids. And and I don't think we can stand around anymore as, you know, as learning guardians, you know, caregivers, parents, teachers. We have to get in there and we have to make sure that we're helping guide our kids with the time they're spending spend, spending gaming. And if we can do it with resources that they absolutely love that are proven to teach what kids need, like it's it's such it's such a win-win. And so we ultimately just want to make sure we're doing both. One, we have highly effective learning tools that are absolutely the choice of kids. And we can do it. There's no reason to come up short of that objective because it can absolutely be done. And that's an amazing figure right there. 10,000 hours of gaming, you know, equates the perfect attendance of being in a subject. I think that's amazing. And and what you're saying there is is so true, which is why can't we provide a space for them to want to play these video games and at the same time have some educational, you know, piece to it rather than just say, oh, we, we're, we're just going to do a game, but it's not that fun, but it, they're going to learn, right? So I think that's huge what you're saying there is building a, a video game that allows them not only to have fun doing it, want to play, but also gain some educational uh, piece of it as well. So I think I commend you for doing that and looking into that research and building this platform to provide that venue for students to be able to play games, have fun, but learn all at the same time. Um, so earlier on, we mentioned some age ranges. We mentioned some grades uh, for Dreamscape as well. Um, but just to clarify, what is the recommendation or what if uh, somebody is looking at, at purchasing this platform, what would be the age range or grade range suggestion for someone looking to use this? So for the early program, the learning to read program, it can be anywhere from preschool, as I mentioned, up to about a grade three level. When we have English language learners, sometimes we go higher than that because they might be starting a little bit later. And then Dreamscape, we don't normally introduce until around the grade three level. The game is highly sophisticated. It's multiplayer so they can play with their friends. And so it's meant to be started at around a grade three level. And it goes all the way up to a grade eight plus. So very, very high level comprehension. Um, I th we often get asked by educators, well, what about my low readers in grades three, four, five? So the program from a skill perspective goes down to a grade one. So even the low readers in the higher grades can still play with their friends and they can build confidence even though they're at their own level. And that's a really, really important thing. Confidence is so key in, in reading skill development and in education generally, yeah. I think that's huge, right? Building that confidence within our within the students to be able to 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 feel that pride in wanting to do this and not say, "Oh, I can't, I don't want to play this anymore." You know, I, I feel silly or I don't feel like I'm part of that group. So I think that's that's also quite amazing. Um, and we've actually talked about the game quite a bit, but we have I haven't actually talked about the game. So what is the game that we keep talking about? You know, is there are there characters? Do they play as a fictitious person walking around a world? What is this game um, and how? What, what students experience when they enter this game? In Squiggle Park, you have 25 worlds with 305 levels. Every world has its own monster and you're, you're making your way through the world, very much like old school Mario where you'd have to unlock the roads. As you graduate out of Squiggle Park into Dreamscape, the monsters grow up and they become highly engaging characters in this world called Dreamscape. And in Dreamscape, you have a dwell. 
which is your base. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build your base with defenses and resources and reveries or troops. And the whole goal is to protect your base because you have a vision core where your dreams live and your friends are coming in to try to challenge your base and steal your dreams. And the more, the stronger you can build your base and the more you can protect it, the harder it is for your friends to come in. And everything you do in the game can only be done as you read passages and answer uh, comprehension questions. And so, so it, you can, and you can play it for years and years and years and keep building up that base. And now oh, it's just, it's just so much fun and kids love it. And as we build out new games, we're looking at farming games. We're looking at, you know, passive games, all different game types to encourage all different types of kids to want to, to want to play. I, I have chills. That's, I, I want to play that game now. I want to build my, my, my area. That sounds so cool to be able to build that up. And, and like what you just said is, you know, you're reading passages and, and in order to continue building and, and evolving, you have to continue to read and, and answer those comprehension questions, which I think is huge. I, it, I'm already addicted. I haven't played yet, but I, I want to go and start building um, my my dreamscape area so that I can can show off and, and, and try to challenge other users as well. So I think that's amazing. And what a cool way to engage readers, right? And, and not just have you walk around, you know, a world just answering questions and, and, and have it be a barrier. You know, you know, it's just amazing to see kids play and to hear their feedback. Like, this is the best game I've ever played. And, you know, the fact that they want to come back, it's so exciting, especially now when so many kids are learning from home and we know they can be so distracted. That's so critical to get them to want to come back. I should... I should also mention, you asked about the Squiggle Park dashboard. Um, the Dreamscape dashboard also gives uh, teachers information about reading progress, um, skill development. But I think one of the things that's super exciting about Dreamscape is although we have content built into the program, um, teachers are able to de um, deploy their own content through the games and create their own assignments. They can create assignments with our content or their own content. So there's a really neat um, feature to Dreamscape in that you can set an, a, an assignment for your entire class and, and in a week's time or in three days time, you can be sent a report card on how all your kids did in that assignment. And from the kids' perspective, it's all stealth. They never, ever know that they're being assessed or tested on those skills, which is super, super cool. Um, so yeah, so it's an awesome program that works from an education perspective, but also from a kid's perspective. And yeah, like I said, win-win. Yeah, and you know these dashboards are helping the the teachers or the the learning guardians see the evolution, the 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 progress within the program. But also at that, it shows you how engaged the students are in using that platform. And you mentioned a couple of times where you know the platform will remain in the zone of proximal development. Does that stay true for Dreamscape? If a student is is struggling or having a difficult time, does it give them a bit of easier passages to read and, and work with? Yeah. And so comprehension, like I mentioned, is so complicated, right? There's so many different things that could be going on when you have a child read a passage and answer a question. You know, are they struggling with vocabulary? Is it a specific skill that they don't understand? Did they get bored because the sentence was too long? You know, what is it? And so our this is where the deep tech comes in. So we've built really, really sophisticated technology that uses feedback loops and machine learning to understand each learner and deliver the right piece of content at the right time for each learner. There's also a diagnostic built into the system. So when a student starts the program for the very first time, they go through a stealth diagnostic and it puts them into the game at the right level of content right from the beginning. So teachers don't have to fiddle with, you know, what level are they at? 
And what's beautiful about it is teachers can actually implement the diagnostic later on to see how they've done. It's it's a great tool for for trying to do assessments um, as well as practice in the classroom. And that's, I mean, I keep saying the word amazing, but it it's such a great tool to help students grow and help them be where they are and meet them where they are currently, right? So this stealth diagnostic is a great way to get them introduced into the platform and not thrown into the sharks, right? And, and, and able to just build up where you are and meet them where they are so that when they first step foot into it, they feel comfortable and confident. I think that's absolutely amazing. So Julia, we are now at a point in the episode that I like to call the specialist top five. And for you, I you know we're talking about iReader, which is the platform that hosts Squiggle Park as well as Dreamscape. So as we say this, what are the top five ways that you believe that these games, these plat, this platform, can help teachers transform learning in or out of the classroom? Yeah, well, I think the first one is what I just mentioned: the stealth diagnostic, the stealth assignments, the fact that you can test students on their skills without kids knowing, and that allows them all to kind of compete at the same uh, level playing field. So that's that's one. I think the second is the fact that we are research-based and constantly innovating and iterating. So this is a platform that doesn't stay um, stagnant. This is constantly evolving and um, meeting the needs of users as, as we grow, constantly using feedback from educators to be better. The third is it's built to be played independently. So teachers don't, even at the youngest ages, don't need to be sitting by the child, nor should they be. This is supposed to be played um, independently, opening up time for teachers to be working with other groups of kids or other kids on skill development outside of the program. The fourth would be th the amount of information that teachers can get on the dashboards. So we've worked very hard to make sure that the information is curriculum aligned and really supporting the teacher and what they need to know about the student. And finally, it kids love to play it. <laughs> so the most important thing, you don't have to force your kids to play it. They will be begging to play it. And when it comes to literacy games, there is really nothing else like it. I, I've had so many educators say to me, I've been looking for years for a reading game, for a literacy game that's this much fun. And we finally found it. So, so number one, super fun. I think that's huge. And that what a great top five to get students engaged and to help teachers transform learning especially in you know in the reality that we are in the global pandemic but you know even if we are face to face when we do return to an in class kind of environment utilizing this tool to help build their literacy skills now one thing julia that we did i forgot to ask is where can learning guardians where can teachers go to access this platform Great. Okay. So you can go to the website at www.squigglepark.com. So squigglepark.com. And you can get both games there, both Squiggle Park and Dreamscape. Or you can go to the app store. So you can go to the uh, iTunes app store and there's an app for Squiggle Park and an app for Dreamscape. And the same with the Google Play store. So very easy to access, very easy to find. So that's amazing. I encourage everyone to head over there and even download the apps and, and get started with this great program, these great games that I think I think most students and most children, most of our youth will enjoy. So Julia, before we head off, is there anything that we may have missed in our conversation today that you'd like our listeners to know? I just, um, I just want to say again how we can't stand by. You know, we, we see our kids engaging in screen time and we need to get in there and get engaged. We need to know what they're doing on their screens, what they're consuming, because 
there is a way for it to be positive screen time. And we can really help kids find applications like Squiggle Park and Dreamscape that can really help them open up their potential in life. And too many kids are spending too much time that's, that's you know, at best just wasted and at worst harmful on, on screens. And so we can do better and we have to do better. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I make this a call out to all of us who have the opportunity to work with kids to get in there and help kids know what's good for them when they're using screens. Amazing, Julia. And again, I thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your story as an Olympian and then into the ed tech world with both Squiggle Park and Dreamscape. And I encourage all of our listeners to head over to squigglepark.com. Check it out. Find the pricing. I mean, it's such a great price point uh, for you to be able to help your, your child, uh, your students, whoever it may be, build their literacy skills through an engaging video game platform. So Julia, once again, I thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Well, that's all the time we have for today's episode with Julia Rivard from Squiggle Park and Dreamscape. I encourage you all to go check out their website, squigglepark.com, and even maybe purchasing a license because it seems so cost-effective and what it offers in the sense of literacy sounds amazing. So I encourage you not only to check out their website, but follow us on social media at MyCreativePod. And don't forget to subscribe to us on whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on right now to be notified of when a new episode comes out. As always, let's make learning creative. My name is Brian Willett, and this was My Creative Classroom.